So this morning I want to share with you about fathers and paroxysm, a new word. And I want to start by just, I want to pay tribute to my dad. Uh, A year ago, I thought that my dad's life uh, was over. He uh, was having really serious congestive heart failure. He had a valve that was failing. Uh, He is not in the best of health. He was 86 years old. And we were hearing like uh, maybe uh, open heart surgery. And I've had friends that have had open heart surgery that are much younger than my dad and had years and years of recovering from that. And I thought, oh my goodness. I do not want my dad to have open heart surgery and then end up in some sort of state at a hospital hooked up. Uh, I don't want it. I just I don't want his life to end that way. I don't want I don't want that to happen. But I'm I'm glad to report he did have open heart surgery. He had absolutely no pain, and he just got released. And everything is functioning. He had a valve replaced. Everything is functioning great, and he just got elected president of his senior living center in Littleton. So he, I missed, he, we missed each other yesterday, but he, he's, he wants me to call him today, today and I have to say hail to the, the president, but I, you know, I, I was going to change a little bit with him, but I won't do that. But this, if you could imagine this scene, you know, in most living communities, people have like these gathering like lobby areas, and so just imagine, I mean, it's like 99% women. I mean, I think my dad is one of two men. I didn't, I didn't want to tell you that the ladies have, that, that he sits at a table, they call themselves Lawrence Harem. I didn't want to tell you that. <laughs> oh, that just sounds bad. <laughs> oh, but my dad is loving it. <laughs> So if you can imagine these older women in the common area and my younger sister walks in and one of those, those senior ladies leans over and tries to whisper to the lady next to her, that's Lorne's daughter. <laughs> the other lady says, who's Lorne? The other lady, he's our president. President of what? <laughs> Now, this is this is this is riotous. So amazing. But I can tell you, I have not always laughed about my dad. Uh, my dad uh, was a geologist. My dad was um, of the greatest generation, so he was that generation after World War II that wanted to kind of rebuild the world so we would never have this stuff ever happen again. And he got caught up. Uh, in the oil business, and uh, he was a successful geologist. But behind the scenes, my dad never overcame the lack of self-esteem. So my dad was an alcoholic, but he was one of those binge alcoholics. So he wasn't always drinking. He was a secret drinker, so he had a secret life. And all through my life, my dad would have these weekends where he would just be checked out, just totally, just totally not there. My mom became just the classic uh, codependent, you know, and she, you know, as they, as, the, as life, you know, my dad's flying around a private jet, you know, as they're going up the ladder, things are not so good. Uh, my mom's trying to keep the secret. I mean, everybody in town knew that, it, you know, they knew, but she's trying to, you know, the junior league 
just got to keep things together. Everybody thought my family was the best family in town. I was the best kid in town. But there was something going on in our family. And it was a paroxysm. And I'll tell you that later. What that is, it's a sudden attack or a violent expression of a particular emotion or activity. Or, in medicine, it's a sudden reoccurrence or an attack of a disease. A sudden worsening of a disease. So just keep that in mind. Because when I come to our story, the story that I want to bring us into is not really my story. That's just an introduction to the story of two men, a Barnabas and a Paul. And as you read the story, and we've been reading that story, it's, we, we really start with a Barnabas, who is a spiritual father, and a Saul, who is a spiritual son. We start in Acts 11. I'm just going to put the passages up there, but it's too many to read. I'm just going to remind you of what was going on. But what, what's happening is there's been this persecution in Jerusalem of the first century church. And so people are now spread out. And they spread out to a place, Antioch, Syria. And in Antioch, all of a sudden, this message about Jesus begins to be heard, not just by Jews, but now by Gentiles. And so in Antioch, there are now these, these people following Jesus that are both Jewish background believers in Jesus and Gentile background believers in Jesus. And that's, 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 that's a phenomena at this time in history. Jews and Greeks don't mix. And so the, it's what's going on. So the leaders in Jerusalem send Barnabas. Barnabas is a priest. He was a Levite priest who came to know Jesus, starts following Jesus. He sells out to Jesus. He sells his family property, turns the proceeds over to the apostles. I'm in this for good. Here you go. Send me on. So he goes up to check it out, realizes, wow, God is really at work here and I need help. So he goes on to Tarsus in Turkey to get Saul. Saul, my son in the faith, I need your help. So he brings him back and they get to work in Antioch teaching. Now, Paul and Barnabas were also trustworthy, and there's this prophet that comes in Acts 11 and 12, and there was a famine predicted. And so the the church in Antioch says, hey, the church in Jerusalem, our family is going to be in trouble. Let's, Let's put together a relief package, and let's deliver that. So Barnabas and Saul, Paul, deliver that, to Jerusalem. And then they head back to Antioch with this guy, John Mark. The congregation in Antioch uh, continues to grow and the, the leadership grows. There's many, many prophets and preachers and teachers, Acts 13. Notice in this listing you have Barnabas at the front of the list and who's at the end of the list. So again, I just want you to see the lead of the teachers is Barnabas. The tail of the teachers is Saul. Barnabas is the older, he's the father, and Saul is the son. Well, one day, these leaders were worshiping God. They were also fasting as they waited for guidance, and the Holy Spirit spoke. Take Barnabas and Saul, commission them for the work I've called them to do. So they commissioned them in that circle of intensity and obedience of fasting and praying. They laid hands on their heads and sent them off. See the value of sending 
uh, sent off on their new assignment by the Holy Spirit, Barnabas and Saul went down to Seleucia and they caught a ship for Cyprus. So here we have the beginning of the first missionary journey, this father-son companionship. And they also have John Mark with them. The first missionary journey went from Syria across to Cyprus. Cyprus was the home nation of Barnabas. So Barnabas wants to take the message of the kingdom to his homeland. So they do that, and then they go up to Turkey, which is Paul's homeland, and they travel about with this good news. Notice where uh, Pergias, it's kind of there in that vicinity. John Mark, who was traveling, said, this is, this is not what I signed up for. I need to go back home. So in Acts 15, we find that we have Barnabas and Paul still in this partnership back in Antioch after the first missionary journey. And again, the, the church is trying to figure out how, how do Gentiles and how do they live in the same room together? And Barnabas and Paul are in that discussion. They have part to play in that. And then we finally come to Acts 15, 35 to 41, where that problem is resolved, and now we're back with Barnabas and Paul. But notice when I start reading whose name is now first and whose is second. Paul and Barnabas stayed on in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of God. But they weren't alone. There were a number of teachers and preachers at that time in Antioch. After a few days of this, Paul said to Barnabas, notice who's initiating. Let's go back and visit all our friends in each of the towns where we preach the word of God. Let's see how they're doing. For all of us that are fathers, it's, it's, you, know, you, you, you bring up kids to the point where they now become adults. And then actually there's sometimes this, this swapping of roles. And that's what's happened with Saul and Barnabas. Barnabas fathering Saul. Now Saul begins to use his Greek name, not his Hebrew name, because he's taking the good news primarily to Greeks. And now Paul is the initiator and Barnabas is, is following. It's an interesting observation from the Bible, but I think it's meant to say, hey, dads, there's a time that your kids begin to take the lead. Let them be adults. And Barnabas thought it was a great idea. Okay, let's go back. But let's take John, Mark, along with us. But Paul wouldn't have him. He wasn't about to take along a quitter. Who, who, as soon as the going got tough, he just jumped ship on them in Pamphylia. Now, I want to, I want to remind you that as, as we kind of move into this disagreement that Paul and Barnabas are having, please remember, Barnabas is a priest. What's the role of a priest? My son, I want to reunite you. So it's a mediatory role. That's, that's who, and even now that Barnabas is following Jesus, he's still, that's still his heart. I want, I want you to get back together. We're going to expand this. Now, what's, what's, what's Saul? What's Paul? I mean, he is cut and dry. The Torah says this. It's in black and white. Yes or no. There's, there's the forget about... He, he quit on us. We're not taking him. 
They, they have, they're maturing in following Jesus, but they still have a residue of who they are and probably who they'll always be. Tempers flared. Oh, no! The first leaders of the church got angry with each other. And they ended up going their separate ways. Neither one of them would budge. Barnabas took Mark, John Mark, sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and offered up by their friends to the grace of the master, went to Syria and Cilicia to build up muscle and sinew in those congregations. Tempers flared. What, what that literally is saying, there was a very sharp disagreement between Barnabas and Paul. It's like the attack of a fever, especially at the high point of the fever. So what is that telling you about the argument that Barnabas and Paul had? It was heated. It was hot. They are really going at it with one another, and they went their own ways. They did not get beyond that. They separated the only other place in the Bible that this word separation is used and is, is it, it's in Revelation and it's where the skies separate. What does that tell you about the division? <laughs> this is a big <laughs> division between these two. And that brings me back to this new word. Paroxysm. It's a sudden, sudden reoccurrence of a disease or a sudden worsening of a disease, I would like to suggest to you that this conversation about John Mark and what happened on the first missionary journey, this was not the only time that they talked about this. I would say that through their relationship, the conversation about John Mark and do we restore John Mark, do we put him back on the team... I think that that was probably a conversation that Barnabas and Saul Paul had through the years and through their travels. And it always ended up with the priest, Barnabas, accommodating to the dominance of the Pharisee until it got to a breaking point. What I would like to suggest to you is there was a disease between these two in the relationship, and that disease is the diseases of unmanaged conflict. And so when I come back to my dad, I was brought up in a family that never managed its conflict. I would, I would probably guess that most of us have been raised in families that don't learn how to manage conflict. And so what I want to do, just by practical application of where we are in this story, let's just kind of go through this cycle. What happens when we don't manage our conflict? Well, stage one, conflict happens when all of a sudden there's, there's unexpected change. In the story we're reading, I would, I would suspect that the un, un, unexpected change was Barnabas again saying to Paul, I want to take John Mark. 
And Paul's response was, I thought that was settled. I said no, I said no, I said no, I said no. Why are you confusing the issue? Why bring this tension back? I want you just to agree with me, accommodate to me. I'm, I'm the dominant one now. And Barnabas said no. So when conflict, it starts with just this change in the atmosphere. Something changes, something shifts, and all of a sudden there's this tension. I mean, it could, it could happen in this moment, just with a new friend. There could be a conflict. There's not one. I don't feel it. I don't sense it. <laughs> and then it moves into stage two, which is the blame game. Or the shifting of blame. We, we, all of us tend to walk away from that, that change in the atmosphere, that tension, and we walk away and say, well, it must be me. I must have said something wrong. I must have done something wrong. Or maybe, maybe that's not really happening. I'll just deny that it's happening. And that satisfies us for a while, but then all of a sudden we think, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And I think in this story... Barnabas probably said, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to do this. I'm, this song and dance, I'm not going to do this. Paul, I'm not to blame. You are to blame. And so we shift the blame. And then once we shift blame, we go to stage three really quick. And all, I, know, I know every one of us knows that someplace in the Bible it says, the love keeps no record of wrongs. Guess what? We are not there yet. <laughs> Because within us, whoop, we keep a record of everything that you do wrong. And it's at a time like this that we bring that record out. Whoop, and we start, re- you did this, 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 you did this. By the time you get to the end of li- at the list, guess what? You are really ticked off. You really are going to let that person have it? And so you move to the confrontation. And confrontation is never at a good time. Susan's not here, so I can tell you. (laughs) Don't record this. (laughs) Oh, it's already being recorded. No, it's me. It's not Susan. Guess what? You know, good night, sweetie. Lights go out. And guess when I want to confront? Right then. That is absolutely the worst time. It, you know, confrontation never, never presents itself at the right time. And it's always ugly. And it's always over the top. And then you have to step back and say, okay, we need to do something. I mean, obviously our relationship is out of whack. Now, in times past, I think that Barnabas and Paul got to this place and Paul dominated and Barnabas accommodated. I'll just wait for another time. But this was the last straw in this conversation for them. And so this time, it resulted in distance. And it wasn't just emotional distance. This was physical separation. You go your way, 
I'll go, I'll go my way. You take Silas, I'm taking John Mark. Because we can't work together anymore. Now, as I tell that story, I tell it both trying to connect it to where we are in the Bible, but then also trying to bring it into our lives today. Because I think relationships, the relationships in the first century didn't work any different than they work today. Maybe the only difference is I think ours are more complicated because the stuff of life, we were just entrapped with more stuff in life, which I think life was simpler for them in some ways. So as a community of people on this Father's Day, with this as our history, with our families, with our fathers, may I just make these suggestions. Let's learn. Let's learn to manage our conflicts or the unmanaged conflict will manage us. So, Dads, I want to kind of direct it towards you because this is your day. So you should be at the first of the list, right? You know, Dads, I just want to encourage every dad in the room, but really behind that is everybody in the room, be bold. The time to address conflict is that that moment you sense there's a change. And you can always use this, this has become one of my favorite phrases, I'm confused. Help me with my confusion, with what you said or with what you did. I'm confused. We're not bold enough in our relationships. We tend to, again, we walk away I must have just misunderstood that. Well, it won't stop there. (laughs) So be bold. Go ahead and say, I'm confused by what you said or by what you did. That can diffuse conflict at the very beginning. You don't have to go through this whole thing. But then if if we don't stop there, let, let me come around full circle. And again, dads, but I'm really talking to all of us as well. Let's really be tender. And let's, let's stop this domination accommodation. I mean, that's only going to last for so long. I mean, I, I can only put my foot down so many times. And I can look at Adam and I can say, Adam, I'm going to put my foot down. And Adam's going to say, <laughs> really? <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> Does it work with Adam? It doesn't work with Susan, with Megan, with Kate. It doesn't work with any... I mean, pastors are notorious for this. I'm the dominant one putting my foot down, and y'all go, oh, really? <laughs> That's a joke. Unless you're unhealthy, and then you accommodate to these nuts in the pulpit that demand their way, and people start doing all kinds of stupid stuff. So let's not be unhealthy. Let's be healthy. And let's, let's, not, let's not try to demand our way, forcing others to accommodate to our position. Let's be bold. And address conflict at the moment it begins to happen. Finally, you know, we, we, we value reconciliation. I mean, we're, we value it so much that we're sending people over to 
a place in the world that is very unreconciled because we are nuts enough to believe that this message of good news from Jesus can resolve one of the biggest long, long-standing issues in our world. Is that you? <laughs> Let's be reconciled to one another. <laughs> Yeah, let's. <laughs> I mean, let's let's live it out. Let's. I mean, relationship is messy, but it's so rewarding to learn how to reconcile our relationships when they get out of sorts. So on this Father's Day. I'm trying to say, let, there's, there's something going on in this story of our history that's very relevant to our life today. So could we all just take a moment? For some of us, I mean, for, for years, I was not reconciled with my dad. My dad's behavior caused a lot of damage to my soul. And it took me a lot of years to discover what that damage was. Part of it, you know, part of the healing of that was coming to know Jesus. That was that, that began something really good. I would have liked, I'd like to say that my four years of studying in seminary addressed it. It did not. It actually gave me a means to hide my wounds deeper. That's a scary story. But in God's great mercy... He really allowed that, that, that brokenness in me and the broken relationship with my dad to be healed. So my dad and I, we're reconciled one to the other. So I know it can happen. So for those of us that maybe are not reconciled to our dad, I, I, I know that I know that I know that our Father in heaven does provide the grace and the mercy and the wisdom for those reconciliations to happen. And it's worth, it's worth moving toward it. And I would be glad from my story and others I know as well that have reconciled, we, we would gladly share with you, encourage you, with you, pray with you towards that end. Our families, I mean, the family in America is really broken. And so we have to learn how, to, how do we reconcile this? How do we do this? Well, let's encourage each other to do that. Uh, the church is broken. How, how can we reconcile in the church? I mean, it's, it's just, in, can, you're with me? I and mean, we could just keep, I could keep going. But we, of all people on the planet, have this grace, this mercy, this ability for reconciliation to happen. Let's be the reconcilers in this world. Hey, dads, you want to stand one last time? Putting the pressure on the dads. Here we go. Father, I ask that you would just rest your hand on each father that is standing. And Holy Spirit, I would ask that you would come with your wisdom with your empowerment, 
that these fathers would really begin to take the lead in their family, in their extended family, in their neighborhoods, in the church, in our community, in our nation, in this world, to be men that represent reconciliation well. I ask that you empower each man, each dad, to learn from you, Father God, because you are a great reconciler. <laughs> now, may I ask the rest of us to stand with these fathers? Holy Spirit, I want to thank you that one of the greatest gifts that you've given to all of us as a community, we are a community that because of what Jesus has done for us, we are reconciled to Almighty God. So we together want to thank you for allowing reconciliation to happen. And then we want to thank you that because we are reconciled with God, you have given us both the heart as well as the means to reconcile one to the other. And I pray, Lord, I pray for any confusion any conflict between people in this room right now, I ask that you, Holy Spirit, would enable us to resolve each and every conflict and to do that as quickly as possible. And then, Lord, I ask that you would empower us as a community of people to go out into our neighborhood, into our schools, into our places of business, to the nations of the world, with your ministry of reconciliation. That our world, people around the globe, would be reconciled with you and with one another because of Jesus. Empower us and send us to do that. In your name, amen. Finally, before you go celebrate, if anybody wants to visit a little bit more, oh, my, my number's not... I'm, I, I keep wanting to put, hey, I got a text. Oh, that's a Father's Day. <laughs> it's not from Susan. Uh, I, you want to ask any questions about this topic, please come and ask questions. Or if you want to, to somebody to pray with you about, I oh, mean, I'm just stuck. And I just need, would you just help me get unstuck? We're glad to serve you in that way. So thanks for our time. Thanks for the day. Happy Father's Day. See you later.